Are we live right now, guys? Uh, yes. Yo, Alex, I'm so salty about this pixel, and we're gonna we're gonna get to that, okay, man? Like, we're gonna get to that uh, for sure. I I will say that this week in BlackBerry is kind of like more interesting than some of the other ones. I think you guys might might agree. One of the main things I saw pop up on CrackBerry that I thought was interesting to start the week was that news about, or really just like the release of that patent. Did you guys happen to take a look at that keyboard patent? No, never read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a quick, I had a quick boo over it there. Uh, I'll even admit I went over to CrackBerry and had a read of it. Uh, I had a look at it, and basically the way I see it is, it's just a, uh, a swipe gesture, but instead of on the screen, it's on the keyboard. That's how I. That's my quick thirty seconds Cole's note version of that patent. It was like that was like ten seconds, man. Ah, well, okay, I can <laughs> spend another twenty just blobbing if you want, but that's how I take it. It's so just, so when you say a swipe, you mean something like like a like a swipe to unlock. Like what is it to do on the phone? It seemed like authentication was kind of the key. Yeah, to me it seemed like you know how um, a lot of the Android phones has the pattern right on the screen. So yeah. if you you can basically take that and put it anywhere on the keyboard and develop your own pattern. That's how I read through the pad the pattern. So Blaze, in your article when I read it, I was thinking to myself because. We, we've seen I and mean, maybe heard of allusions toward like a fingerprint sensor, be it on the device anywhere or, or on the keyboard itself. You can imagine like if they have a keyboard sensor or something in the keyboard and then go ahead and have that fingerprint sensor allow you to have a second layer of security, you could have like your Android swipe to unlock like Scott just mentioned and maybe tie that in with like a first time authentication you know, with the actual fingerprint, I think that might be kind of cool, and it's like all right there to unlock your phone. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that BlackBerry mentioned a while back. Where I think it, I think it was maybe Alex Derber, maybe it was somebody else. They've sort of switched enough staff around that I got lost in some of the names. Ah, uh, their pl their their plan is working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but. One of the one of the executives mentioned that if they were going to go ahead and they didn't necessarily believe that fingerprint authentication was exactly you know the the way to go because once your fingerprint is out there once once somebody has your fingerprint or something like that you can't actually go ahead and change it right which is genuinely true like that they, they weren't necessarily dismissing the fact that a secure that you know fingerprints are something that can be authenticated and are secure but they wanted to basically go ahead and change how the fingerprint sensor actually works and how it actually gets used because of the fact that like if your fingerprint gets out there you can't change it right you're stuck with it for life but when it comes down to this sort of authentication method which combines your fingers with the actual authentication method itself you can change this at any point while it's still using your fingerprints and stuff like that to be able to go ahead and do the actual authentication you can change the pattern or the process, or you know, the keys that are are um, you know actuations that are typed in when you're actually putting in the password. So they basically said that you know we didn't we don't think that fingerprints are necessarily the the 110 percent way to go. If we're going to go ahead and put a fingerprint scanner in any of our devices, we're going to go ahead and build off of that solution. And you know, logically putting the pieces together, it looks as though that this is going to be something that they're going to do. Of course, when you when you look at the situation now and consider the upcoming device that is actually going to be like hitting the market at any point, 
you know, it sort of goes against that rule because the DTAC-60 itself has a fingerprint scanner in it. Like, they sort of toss that, that philosophy out the window when they, they agreed to go ahead and put a fingerprint scanner on the DTAC-60. But, you know, that's not that's not a BlackBerry-built device, and they didn't build it in-house. So any of these patents that we're looking at now have to be at least looked at towards, like, the Mercury or, you know, what may possibly be the final in-house de design device for BlackBerry. So, I don't know. It, it's a really interesting play on how a fingerprint scanner works because, again, as, as I noted, it doesn't necessarily rule out the traditional integration of how a fingerprint scanner works, but it also adds an additional layer on top of it that could be used because, again, you know, once your fingerprint is out there, you can't change it. But if it relies on certain gestures or certain swipes that are, are, are being implemented, then you can actually go ahead and change those at any given point in time. And it's also, if you if you take a further look into it, and we're going to get there, um, we may not necessarily mention it, but it, it, on Alex's Pixel, there's new gestures and swipes that have been implemented using the fingerprint sensor as well. Oh, I love so, it. Yeah, for example, like Alex, in terms of the Pixel itself, Alex can, the Pixel has something which is called Moves integrated into it, and Alex can basically pull down the notification shade just by swiping his finger down the back. So it's something that Black, that obviously BlackBerry is working on and thinking about, but Google is already ahead in that respect as well. So it's not too far out of the realm of possibility to say that Google and BlackBerry are probably working on this in some capacity together to be able to go ahead and implement the integration directly into, you know, the Mercury or whatever comes up. So, I don't know, it's, it, it's really interesting patent, to say the least. Blaze brings up some good points about the whole uh, fingerprint patent there. And, <clears throat> sorry, guys. Uh, my whole concern from day one when fingerprint scanners popped out and it was like, hey, my biometrics stay with me and my employer, and that is it. And I don't personally know how they're stored on the phone or if they get synced up to the cloud or whatever, but it's something that I've been hesitant from day one on is using a fingerprint scanner on the phone and then having that getting out and then getting into the wrong hands. Yeah, no, and I think there's that that whole security argument too, where if you're pulled over, then like the police officer or someone, they can tell you to unlock your phone using a fingerprint because it's something that's like accessible, whereas a password that's in your mind that's like equivalent to like encryption or something. So they can't do that. So a lot of people say, you know, you can get the best of both worlds with that though, because you know if you really get pulled over and you're worried about something on your phone or whatever turn your phone off and then when it boots back up it's going to require you to use your fingerprint and do your passcode or whatever so mm -hmm. but and so that's like the thing there are ways around that one main fear like that's the one main fear i hear when people talk about you know what are the downfalls of using your your fingerprint and yes it, it does suck because a password if it gets stolen you just change it and fingerprint you can't really do that very easily i'm sure you can do it but it would hurt or i don't really know but um <laughs> but with a laser changing your fingerprints yeah, yeah. but not it's possible the, there dude and i think that's the thing the convenience of it because i'm someone that went from never using one and also like yeah whatever and it's so much easier to get another device that doesn't have a fingerprint sensor when you've never had one that has it now the simple thing like of me unlocking uh last pass because i have all my passwords encrypted and stored there 
than just using my fingerprint to unlock that versus putting in a pin every single time. It's just, it saves me like really three or four seconds each time, every time I do it, and I might do it 10 times over the course of a day or something. And that starts adding up just of a simple little convenience. So it'll be tough to go away from that. I'm kind of just proud of BlackBerry at this moment because right, it seems like... Most, like, most yeah. innovative thing. <laughs> no, you know, innovation is one thing, and I, I want to talk about that later because it's definitely an interesting, like, longer conversation. But I'm just proud that BlackBerry is kind of coming around the fingerprint sensor in, like, a meaningful way, you know? They're not just... Like, with the DTEK60, right, Blaze mentioned, it'll have a traditional fingerprint sensor. So with that mind actually pushing the envelope and what they can actually offer in terms of security, it's going to be tough. Like, if I get pulled over, you ask me for my fingerprint, I'm like, okay, uh, and then this keyboard's going to stop the rest of that interaction, you know? Definitely kind of an interesting point there. So, Alex, you're on a priv. You're on AT&T. Hmm. Are you kind of upset that unlocked AT&T privs Absolutely. are basically unlocked privs? Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about your decision to pick up a BlackBerry device from your carrier? And how do you think that parlays into like future devices ever seeing the light of a carrier shelf? I don't think I'm ever going to buy another device through a carrier ever. Like ever. Like it's it's so out of the question because I've obviously gotten screwed over in the past from it. Um, but now like now with this whole thing going on with AT&T and I you know, I called them up and I argued on my aunt's behalf to try and get some type of refund or something because her phone has been working service-wise very well for the past three weeks. And the most they would do is $25, wasted like three hours of my time. She's wasted like five hours. She's going to try and do like a lawsuit against like it's it's just ridiculous. And it's all because of like the BlackBerry Priv and AT&T. Um, and what yeah, you, I wonder what happened to cause this type of error. So, you know? I, and that's the thing. Like I've heard things, for instance, that at t pushed out a major LTE update, and obviously they, they tested things like the iPhone and Samsung devices and things like that, but they never actually tested the, the SOC that's on the PRIV, and the PRIV is obviously a modified um, SOC that you know has security built into it. Maybe there's some type of conflict with it. I don't really know. at t when you talk to them, they're like, it's not our fault whatsoever. BlackBerry, I don't know, they just kind of say... I don't. They they're trying to figure out what it is that went wrong, and it seems like library doesn't know. say anything, man, because they just yeah. put stuff in the knowledge base. And that yeah. Thing. So I don't I don't really know. And like my aunt just sent me an email from BlackBerry. Like they she her case got pushed up higher higher support within BlackBerry. She just got an email that said like, um, we're now closing your case because it's we're all aware of this problem and it's been pushed to the highest tier and we're working to fix it. So, you know, that's reason enough for us to close the case, but it still hasn't been fixed. So now her her case is closed and it's like, I don't, I don't even really know, but the frustration, I see it. You know, even my mom is complaining now, my stepdad, like it, everyone's now complaining to me. Everyone who has a priv is specifically coming after me now because I push them to get a priv. So and Alex is like, screw y'all, I'm on a pixel, and, yo. And my, my mom is not and now he's Alex is like the best phone salesman for small business because he can sell you on anything short term, right? He'll get you on a priv on Tuesday in April and by October you're rocking the latest Nexus and the latest Pixel. Yeah. It's funny, Alex, because I think the conversation around uh, you know the carriers, whether we keep them or you know hate them, is interesting. If we look to years to come, 
it seems like you know priv is like an isolated incident but i think there's a larger sentiment around that oh, yeah. carrier kind of yes. chain relationship so as we move away from that i think blackberry's kind of already positioned to play in the market that will be which is like that online direct to consumer base so it's still tough out there right i found it very interesting in kind of a, a comparison that blackberry's got a new york shop but their soho pixel shop doesn't actually sell phones it actually just directs you to buy them online which is more or less what the blackberry kiosk does over there at brookfield place which we just showed a little tour of so it's all interesting how the real future of these go-to-market strategies are going to be I just want more advertising. And as we said that last week and the week before, like, you know, advertising, advertising. They actually did some advertising. Scott, how did you take this uh, ad campaign that BlackBerry did uh, through various channels, including the Wall Street Journal? Uh, <clears throat> grain of salt, I guess. Um, yeah, it's advertising is great. Uh, but at the same time, one or a couple of printed ads here and there aren't going to do uh, yeah. change anything, right? They need, they need to continually keep it going. Uh, and the question is, does BlackBerry have the money in the bank to keep doing that type of advertising and marketing campaign? That that will be the biggest question that they'll get answered down the line, right? So I, I was a bit surprised, but then at the same time, we've seen little things like this in the past that pop up and then they go away to the wayside. So there'll be another question to see if it sticks around for a while or not. It's it's just interesting. It really is. It's almost like they're doing like sporadic marketing, like kind yeah. of drip, like you know sprinkling salt over their wounds <laughs> in terms of the marketing. But yeah, exactly. The last time we saw them like really market, I'd say, was when Brookfield Place actually launched and they took over like Times Square with a couple billboards and things like that. Yeah. But again, a little bit here, a little bit here. They're putting their money as smartly as they can. They're really not doing any spending whatsoever. Yeah. They had a pretty pretty large campaign up here north of the border when the Priv launched as well, especially in the, the ACC, the Air Canada Center, with the Raptors and stuff like that. But you're right. It's just a little bit here and a little bit there. And unfortunately, that type of marketing, you need a continuous or it, the impact goes away, right? It, to me, BlackBerry needs to decide what is their main target. Is it is it continually to be businesses and stuff like that, or do they want to hit the consumers? Because that's two completely different strategies within the marketing campaigns. And, and how you, the the ad we saw actually is a great point to bring up. The ad we saw didn't even have any talk of smartphones whatsoever. It was no, all like software so it's almost like they've taken a stance on that kind of forking or they have to go past you know it, it was almost like an open letter like hey guys this is what we're about now and, and, and made it into an ad sort of speak right yeah it'll see some eyes i think it has potential as more catalog marketing if that makes sense where if you want to look back on the blogs and see what a company's been up to when you're actually interested you actually have some kind of like line of credit so to speak to reference what they're doing I'm I'm happy to see it. I, you know I don't I don't feel it. You know if no. that makes sense. Like I don't I don't feel affected by it. Even Alex in New York doesn't feel affected by it per se. But something's always better than nothing. And I think it does reaffirm kind of the messaging around where they want to go. Blaze, were you happy you got to post about marketing, or is it almost like a kind of a, a an ironic situation when we're posting about it and it's still not enough? Um. I think it. I think it would be more ironic if it was actually a device ad. Yeah. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I mean, I appreciate that the ad is out there. I appreciate the fact that they're trying to go ahead and get the actual message out rather than, you know, letting letting basically the blogs and and the news outlets control 
the message behind what they're actually trying to deliver. So, I mean, yeah, it's great to see the ad. It's great to see them go ahead and deliver that message. It's, you know, obviously something that we've been harping on for a long period of time is to be able to go ahead and get your messaging right, get it out and get it delivered to the people. But at the same time, it's kind of like, I agree with Scott, there's no consistency in, in terms of the advertising that they have or have had for the past few years, right? Um, they don't. They they just seem a little bit willy nilly when it comes to who they're actually targeting, and that's been something that has been has been discussed many times throughout all of the podcasts that we've done. You know, is that their marketing messaging is totally out of whack and out of sync, and you know, it's. I'm considering the announcements that they have made recently in terms of the hardware, and you know, we're a software company now. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that they continue with the proper messaging and don't sort of revert back to the mixed messaging. It's basically, you know, stick with one message, deliver that message to the people where you feel as though that it's going to do you the best and just continue with that. Continue, keep pushing out that messaging, letting people know exactly where you stand, where you are as a company and what you're standing for, right? And it goes back again to that consistency thing. If if they if they let this essentially fall off after like a two week period or a three week period or something like that, it's not going to stick. People aren't going to keep it in their minds. They're going to whatever their next move is. They're going to need to go ahead and continue with that messaging. You know, um, if they're doing something that is you know awesome in terms of the software play then they need to take out ads for that like further down the road there needs to be consistent messaging going out even if it doesn't necessarily target you or i or scott or alex or whatever right as long as it it, it is reaching the people that they want it to reach then that's important for them to do but you know it's good to see them go ahead i was glad to write about it and you know it's good to see them actually pushing their message rather than letting other people control it um, because, you know, as I noted in the post, only so many people are actually visiting the BlackBerry blog. Like, you could put up a, a CEO post from John Chen in basically saying that the world is ending tomorrow, and that doesn't necessarily mean that anybody's going to read it because it's strictly on the BlackBerry blog. Like, how many how many users actually know that BlackBerry even has a blog if you're not necessarily within the BlackBerry ecosystem to be able to go ahead and spread that message, right? Like, nobody knows about the blog. So unless you're actually deeply involved with it, um, you know, you gotta gotta be able to go ahead and take your message to the people. Don't expect the people to come to you and read your message. And, and here's one potential problem with. Uh, I totally agree with everything Blaze said. And one potential problem we might see now, maybe hopefully this coming week, is that we keep hearing that the DTEC 60s launch was postponed because. They're planning on potentially doing some marketing for it, and just like you said, Blaze, here we are. We we changed the software, and then next week maybe they're going ahead and say, "Hey, look at our new phone right here, guys." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the customers are like, "What the hell? You just told me last week you're a software company, and now you got a brand yeah. new phone? Like, what's going on? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Is this the last phone that BlackBerry will make now?" Why would I want to buy the last phone of BlackBerry? <laughs> I honestly feel every phone BlackBerry makes may be its last. Oh, last. yeah. 
yeah. especially oh. in the last two years. So like, I'm keeping that mentality, and I think maybe BlackBerry should too. Yeah. <laughs> Keep oh, people yeah. on the line. You never know what you contribute toward now in terms of like you know what you're paying helps BlackBerry fund that next that next endeavor. I think that segment was probably to learn uh, loudest when the passport launched. Mm. It was yeah. so controversial. Yeah. And and with passport, we got ten dot three. We got blend. We had an update to yeah. BlackBerry, made it like oh, yeah. kind of holistic. And we had all these things, right? And we kind of were like at the pinnacle at that point with BB ten. And now we're looking at blend went EOL. Link kind of doesn't work well in the way Link it should. Doesn't work well at all. Yeah, if it works, it doesn't work well. Let's to put it that way, right? And and then we have BB10, which is kind of waiting on an update, maybe to get more security through NIAP certification. It's just kind of interesting. The shift from to Android rather has kind of been a silent one. And you know, BB10 notwithstanding, I think this is the approach they got to take. But they kind of need to do this type of marketing like what they've done with Wall Street Journal because it. It says, hey, we're not dead. Don't assume we're dead. And that's kind of right now the kind of transitional conversation they have to have with a lot of people out there. It's like, we're still around. We're going to show you what we're going to do. We do later. But right now, you know, just know we're not dead. We stopped phones, but we're software now. Here's an interesting fact. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. But it's an interesting fact just to note that just popped into my head. When you go to, the, when you go to shop BlackBerry especially on the US website, they almost have as many Android phones as they have as BlackBerry 10 phones. So keep that in mind. It's like on the on the shop BlackBerry website, you have the DTEC 50, you have Priv, you have BlackBerry Passport, Classic, and Leap, right? So when they announce the DTEC 60, they're going to have three, three Android phones, they're going to have three 50, 50 BlackBerry split. 10 phones. So they have the, almost the exact okay. same amount. Just consider... It it basically shows where like their future is at this point. Why oh why oh why are BlackBerry leaps still laying around? Why did you buy this inventory, BlackBerry? What in the world? It's a good oh, question man. because uh, on Shop BlackBerry Canada, if you go to the Canadian website, there's literally like if you go to Shop BlackBerry Canada, there's the DTEC 50, there's the Priv, there's the BlackBerry Passport, and there is the BlackBerry Leap. Like you can't buy. The BlackBerry Classic on Shop BlackBerry Canada anymore. They removed it. It's gone. The stock is gone. So now my thing is, if I break my work phone, am I going to get a leap or a passport? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's not a that's not an actual conversation you have with you. The no, answer, I, I the answer is passport. You know. Well, I'm not I'm not in control of that destiny, so I get what they give me. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if need to, you need to give a nudge. Probably getting a leap. <laughs> <laughs> probably, man. I do work for the government, right? You better, you better get a DTEC 50. I think that's a good replacement. Uh, nothing's really going to beat a classic till we see that Mercury. And we saw Geekbench specs actually kind of come to light, showing off the, what is it, BBB100-1? Like yeah, BBB. Yeah. This makes sense. Simple, yeah. straightforward. I, it's it's just a nomenclature, but at the end of the day, I find that those Geekbench specs are kind of weird. Not in terms of the, like the actual spec, but trying to place what kind of device this is. Is it a yeah. mid range? Is it a high end? Yeah. Kind of getting we're gonna have an innovative keyboard, but you know the 625 chip, and it's just very kind of uh, hard to place. Yeah, 
And Classic, it was kind of in that same place. Like Classic held its value. Like Shop Blackberry has the Classic US still for like like three hundred bucks or something like that, three fifty. Like I don't understand how that's even a thing. But if that price, it holds at three seventy nine actually. Shop Blackberry US three seventy nine for. Yeah, it's just kind of nuts so that you can get a DTEC fifty for cheap and you can get a Classic. And is it all in that keyboard? And if so. What kind of premium will we pay for the Mercury keyboard in terms of what we actually get, like full out on a device? Yeah. It's going to be interesting how they price it, especially like when you look at the Android pricing, right? And the specs in the scheme. That's a, that's a really good point, James, because the classic pricing hasn't, hasn't budged very much in comparison to like the Passport and like the Priv. Because there has been discounts on the Passport and Peru, right? Oh, actually, as I'm looking at this place, it says, notify me when back in stock. Yeah. <laughs> that is it's coming back in stock. They probably, yeah. And, yeah. It's funny because it's like a questionnaire. So it's like, I wonder if they get like a it's couple probably... of these, like a hundred, they might like order. <laughs> you know? I don't even think it's necessarily like ordering. It's more probably right. along the lines of like, right where do we move the stock from because if you go to like the UK site right the UK site still has classics available in white and actually cobalt blue oh wow wow yeah. that's like a rarity on this side of the planet right so they could they could essentially move some stock around within like you know the the warehouses but it's it's, it's it, 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 no matter how you look at it, it's interesting that they're basically running out of stock right now. Like you can do stock checks on there, and the passports are are running low within within Canada, but there still seems to be plenty within the U.S. So I, my my uh, prediction is that within a week of this podcast airing, Shop Blackberry <laughs> sales are going to go way up. You're going to yeah. start stockpiling on these things. That's what I was should. about to say. All the all the hardcore BB10 guys out there start buying up right now. Yeah, that's ultimately what I was trying to eventually get at as well. Is like if you want a BlackBerry 10 device, like don't sit around and wait on it because <laughs> chances are that you're not going to be able to get one from Shop Blackberry and Shop Blackberry is like the only place that's going to offer you at least still like any sort of warranty scheme or anything like that for it. I mean, you can buy them you can buy them on eBay for like $179, but you're not getting any sort of warranty or anything with that. So, 90-day refurb warranty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we put the speak uh, the stickers back on and placed it in a somewhat of a box. Here you go. So I want to I want to transition here, guys. I want to move to some of our patron questions as they pay our bills for us. So I, I did a fatal flaw when posting this patron post because I mentioned at the end, oh, and Alex replaced his priv with a Google <sighs> Pixel, and that like derailed all the all the conversation. But there's still some goodness uh, over in the questions that I wanted to run through. Waldo twenty two asks most. <laughs> yeah, we found Waldo's here, like a dancing, like GIF emoji thing. It's pretty awesome. But anyway, hey Alex, most reviews give the Pixel a six out of six to seven out of ten. They love the software, particularly the camera, particularly the stability mode. Most say the phone is butt ugly. Do you think the BlackBerry could add some of the new features like stability mode for their camera? Like, do you start? Do you think we're gonna start seeing maybe BlackBerry adapt and other OEMs maybe adopt some of the things that are coming out in this Pixel? Um, I think that's tough because 
yes, like BlackBerry's uh, a software company, but Google is like the king of software companies right now. Um, and the like right now the stability mode. So what it does is like 200 times a second, it will like crop the video and and fix it. So if you're kind of going up and down like that it will crop and do the reverse of it using the internal gyroscope and 200 times a second it does something along the lines with that but it's not just the software it utilizes the hardware to work hand in hand with that so i think it's kind of a long shot for blackberry just to go ahead and do that i don't think it's like impossible but it's it's one of the things that i think that's what makes google google because they have the resources and the kind of technology uh to do that as for the phone being but ugly i mean i don't I don't really think it looks bad if you that, have that case is but ugly. <laughs> I mean it's it's it feels really nice and it looks fine. I don't have any qualms with it and the more that I have it like it kind of looks, looks like an HTC. It is, right? But <laughs> the one weird thing is so it's it's thicker on the top than it is on the bottom. So it's thicker on this side than it is here. And in person, you kind of feel it a tiny bit, but it's very subtle and it's weird. But um, I don't know. I have no problems with it. And it, it looks like an upside down iPhone one. Okay, moving on. Rico <laughs> asks a question: As we start to see a shift in outsourced BBM operations, were small indicators like sticker packs only being made available for Android and iOS a sign of the changing times? How do you feel about that, Scott? And as well, kind of the the larger question around. You know, BBM notifying people of phishing as well. Like, how do you feel about kind of the future of BBM and are times changing, especially with the uh, Amnesty International report talking about some of the security around it? Do you think that's kind of just fodder or do you think it's something BBM should address in some type of way? Uh, well, first off, with the sticker packs, I think it is just a shift of the times, showing the times uh, as, as the users on the BB10 side go down the resources are just going to shift to focus on both iOS and Android. And I would say probably predominantly Android. Uh, I don't know a crap ton of people using BBM on the iOS side. Uh, the phishing thing, uh, I thought it was kind of neat, actually. Um, people are out there to rip you apart for whatever you have, and BBM is just another platform for people to do that. So for the company to go ahead and fire up this... Uh, this notification saying, hey, we would only uh, only ask for your password at these certain specific times. I think it's pretty good. Now, people just have to be wary that uh, the fishers don't turn around and use that for their advantage and try to make some, mock something up. But it's just a matter of people got to be uh, <clears throat> wary all the time. Like every day, I think every day I get emails from the banks Right and PayPal, PayPal has been another one of as of late that people have got they've gotten really good with, with forging uh, the emails and make it look like completely legit. So just gotta be wary, double check everything before you start looking into things that when people say, hey, you owe money or there's a you know something wrong with your account or whatever, right? Yeah, like instead of clicking the link that's in the email, just go to the website. Uh, well, I always double check the email address because they can go ahead and. You can, can put the name that you. They can mask the name of the email address, uh, of the email address. But if you, if you check the actual email address, it, it'll always pop up as junk. You you'll see junk, like the the junk email address pop up. Yeah, I mean, but realistically, just like if people are smart and like don't like never trust email, you know, 
if it says yeah. like click here to you know it, make finish this transaction through PayPal or like whatever, go to PayPal yeah. directly, and if they say that there's a transaction or something, then do it there. Don't exactly. like, but. Uh, one of the big ones is the Canadian Revenue Agency up here on mm -hmm. the North Third border, and that one's going on forever. And I, I even got to pass it on to work to my people. I was like, CRA will not email you telling yeah. you that you owe money. No. They will not phone you up like that. They will send a official letter, yeah. guys. Right? So it's just a it's just the way things are, and it's just the matter. It, it actually surprised me that it's taken this long for the fishers to get through get through it on BBM. And then regarding that article, or they do it all the time. It comes up like every six months or so. Yeah. It just happens that BlackBerry decided to go ahead and put a notification out this time. Yeah. That's responsible of them at least. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean. It's, no matter how much security you have, you're still, you know, the weakest link in in the actual yep. security chain is the end user. So, yep. you know, like like Scott said and Alex said, don't 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 go clicking on random things that come in your email, especially, you know, when they're coming from Nigerian princes promising to send you ten million dollars through your PayPal account, right? Oh man, guys, I gotta go then if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we gotta make some calls. <laughs> But I get those emails, like Scott said, all the time. They mainly, they mainly. Google does a good job of filtering them and pushing them to the spam. Yeah, but definitely. you know, yeah. every now and then, one or two will essentially get through, and I actually do have to double check it because I do have a PayPal account, right? And I do have an Apple account, so you know, you can usually tell by some of the language that is used in there, words that are misspelled. But you know, if you if you hover over links, one one rule of thumb that I basically uh, live by in terms of spam emails and people phishing and stuff like that. And granted, it's not always necessarily the easiest thing to do because you know there's times when emails come in and you just click on them randomly. But um, you know, don't don't check anything when it comes down to it, like financials or anything like that on your on your phone. Like it, that's just common sense, right? Because you can't you can't really decipher where those email addresses are coming from, or where those web links will essentially take you. You know, wait until you get back to a computer so that you can hover over the links and find out where they're they're actually taking you. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just something something that I've always done. Is just wait until you get back to a computer so that you can further investigate it, especially if you think that something doesn't necessarily seem to, but, to fit in common sense. You right? know. Chris, I mean, to that though, a lot of people that I know now, like they just have a tablet and a phone, and you know, a tablet's not really much better anyway. Like, especially if you have an iPad or something, it's really identical to just having an iPhone anyway. So, it is tough to do that. But realistically, if you do click on a link, just look at the URL. And I mean, I some people, I mean, if you're on your bank's website, you should have an idea of what that is. So is it, you know, northwest.com or is it hsbc.com? So then if you click a link and it's like hsbcbankscam.com, like don't put <laughs> like, I mean, that's another kind of thing. But it's, I, yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's, tricky, it's tricky if you don't have a computer and stuff like that. But, you know, there's also tools that can help you. Like if you see a short URL, like a bit.ly yeah. link or like that there are websites out there that will basically tell you what is actually behind that 
that that Bentley link without you actually visiting it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's unfurl or something like that. It will it will basically expand the link so that you can see what's behind it. I'm just shocked that Blaze has an Apple account. <laughs> well, I have a MacBook, I have an iPhone, I have all kinds of shit. Blaze has a lot of things that you wouldn't expect him to have. <laughs> <laughs> Told that, you came that, out, that came out more saucy. Yeah, that came out more saucy than I would have liked. But uh, <laughs> so we have things to look forward to. We've got DTEC 60 coming down the pipe. We have Android Nougat being tested on this Geekbenched uh, Merc device. find it kind of interesting. Do you think maybe we're all going to get Nougat for all of our Android phones around that time? Or is it going to be like a staggered, fragmented mess? And I think awkward? they're using it as a sales technique, which is what I hate. I mean, like, even the Pixel they use it as kind of a sales technique. Like, it's the first phone with 7.1 or whatever, but then they push out 7.0, and it's like, I feel like BlackBerry is, like, this next phone is going to be the first BlackBerry that is 7.0, and it's going to be that way for, like, two months. Like, they're going to try and use it as, now you can do multitasking, so you should buy this phone so you can get multitasking, rather than the Priv is updated, you can get multitasking on the Priv. I, I just feel like they're going to do that. It's just too tempting. Yeah, yeah product, productivity with the physical keyboard and the multitasking from Nougat. Yeah. That's yeah. nothing new either. I mean, that's a, that's that's standard operating procedure pretty much. Board. <laughs> it is, Ver- but it's Verizon like... is still on Lollipop, guys. I mean, right? <laughs> when you wanted 10.3.1, what did you have to do? You had to buy a passport at that point, and then they rolled it out eventually, right? But, but now that they're in the Android space, I don't think they can be this way. Like, when you own the OS and you kind of do this... So the thing is, they're the only ones with BlackBerry 10. So, whereas now, they're competing with... There's already tons of phones that have Android 7.0 out, so you can't be doing that it's just i just don't at the end of the day alex like you know apple owns ios google owns android and alphabet and all that but at the end of the day this is it is android but they are modifying it too so they have to take some time to do their little security tweaks or even just a run through it may just take time to just analyze what's there you know so i think you know as blaze mentioned it's kind of something we've seen Marshmallow is still hanging out there for for some devices. I'm sure not everybody's on it, but it's a, definitely more of a crying shame that we're seeing the kind of winding down of BB10. That's really what's kind of more disheartening. I would have liked to see a little update of like some NIAP any day now, right? Like, or at least to like at this point, it's so delayed. You need to tell me when it's coming. Like, you need to speak to me about this delay because right now it just shows like you don't care, and that sends a louder message. I think. In terms of your support, especially to those customers who are in key industries who need those devices to work, you know, they can't afford them, you know, bugging out on them through the workday and whatnot. Definitely kind of an interesting conversation that we had today, gentlemen. Are you guys excited about anything else in particular? Aside for obviously after show, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Pixel and innovations and some other things BlackBerry related. Do you guys have anything else you want to close with? Hmm. No, I just want to sort of reach back to the comment about, like, BBM and BBM stickers and stuff like that. I mean, if there was any sort of sign that BlackBerry, like you just just mentioned, that BlackBerry sort of swaying away from the BlackBerry 10 side of things, I mean, in, in terms of respect to where BBM is going, all they need to do is look at the BBM Twitter account and look at the content that they're actually pushing out. Like, one of their re- recent tweets that 
pushed out was like you can download BBM on your Android and iOS phone. There's not even a single mention of BlackBerry 10 on there. So it just like it speaks to where where BlackBerry 10 is in the process and I don't know, man. I took a lot of crap last week or essentially this past week for stuff that I said in terms about BlackBerry 10, but that's that's the reality of the situation. Like BlackBerry is slowly moving away from BlackBerry 10. And if you can't see that, then you gotta you gotta take a harder look at, at the things that are out there, man. Like I know I know everything that they said recently, like, yeah, we'll have deals for for BlackBerry ten licensed devices and stuff like that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get a BlackBerry ten device that you want to purchase. Or can or, purchase. <laughs> yeah, or can purchase. It doesn't necessarily mean that like it doesn't even mean that it will become be loaded into a smartphone. It could be pretty much anything at this point, especially with the QNX background that is there. I mean, it very well could end up like a, a licensing deal like WebOS has, where they have the LG WebOS TVs. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a smartphone. And, and people who are using BlackBerry 10 and continuing to use BlackBerry 10, like I, I, I've been saying for months, Use BlackBerry 10 for what it is now. Use it, love it, appreciate it. If you if you don't want to switch, that's perfectly fine, but at least take the time to recognize the fact that BlackBerry themselves are slowly moving away from BlackBerry 10 and you know, just deal with it. It, it there's it's, not It's much... getting cold out there, man. It's yeah, getting it's... cold. And BlackBerry 10 was like a patchwork <laughs> blanket, right? But then they went to Android because Android's much warmer. That's all it is. It's all just weather. And as the cycles go through, I think, honestly, people are going to move away and adopt what, what is to come. I mean, I think even when we look at Alex and what he's doing, moving away from a priv and going to that pure Google experience, I think that's kind of what BlackBerry wants you to do to a degree. You know, go, you know, go out there and explore what is available and then maybe come back in the future because devices like DTEK60 are going to be looking more and more compelling for people, especially those on a Z10 or, you know, a Z30, even a Leap, you know. It's it's definitely, I think, something BlackBerry kind of wants to happen. Yeah. They need people to start embracing Android in a larger sense, especially some of those diehards. But, you know, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna leave my BB10 hooked up to a TV and pretend it's an LG TV, <laughs> you know. <laughs> HDMI out for the win. Alex, let's wrap it up, man. Let's jump on this after show. I yeah. really need to pry, pry into your, no, your I pixel personal life. No, I think there's a bit that's interesting we can talk about. So instead of saying it here, let's just talk about it there. Word on roll. I have a lot of people who often ask me, like, what is Patreon? <laughs> Go check it out. Go check it out. It definitely pays the bills for us here. That's how we're able to answer our key patron questions as well and it's kind of a direct way for us to dialogue and a very uh, holistic kind of a support system for us so definitely go check that out alex will put the link in the chat probably for you guys yeah. who, are, who are chatting along with us but definitely this after show is going to be lit guys because alex is going to get reamed <laughs> i'm prepared i'm ready can't for believe it you, can't believe three you against one left. yeah I just can't believe you you left the BlackBerry fam. That's ridiculous. I'm still here. But, but really, has he though? Like, <laughs> yeah. if he if he's got BBM on there, and if he's gone ahead and gone got Hub services, if that's... if I'm the only one he's talking to on BBM, like, what's the point? You know? 
he well, just keeps keeps it around for me. He's like, oh, but if you spend that dollar a month to get rid of those ads, then yeah, it's that's even that's a that's a great point. As long right. as he's doing that, as long as he's spending the money on the ad to get rid of the ads and the, and for both BBM and Hub Services, BlackBerry's laughing. They're like, woohoo! This is true. We got this him one is, way or another. This is actually true. Um, all yeah. right. Well, we will talk about it. Good show. Talk to you guys in a little bit.